Thanks for tuning in to the New Life South Coast podcast. We want to extend an invitation to sit in live with us during our weekend service. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message inspires you, but also challenges you in your walk with God. For more information, visit our website at newlifesouthcoast.com. So good morning. I'm your uh, substitute preacher for this morning. This is, this is a tough job. Uh, I was a substitute teacher for a while, and every day is uh, it's like warfare, right? You don't know what's on the, on the other side waiting for you. Uh, so at least I know a little bit of what's waiting for me. But here's what makes this tough is that I'm filling in for someone that's just extremely gifted, right, and extremely amazing. So, yeah, we can give it up for our pastor, Pastor Marco. And uh, I want to take a second and... and Give a good shout out to Aaron because I don't know <clears throat> if if you weren't here for the nine thirty service. Uh, that's what you get for sleeping in this morning. Now now you're stuck with me. Um, but yeah, no, he he brought it this morning, so you know, big shout out to him. Um, and you know what? These times make me appreciate, not that I don't, I don't already appreciate everything that Pastor Michael does, but the process, man, it just makes you appreciate what it takes to get up here on this pulpit and deliver this week after week after week. Listen, it's been five years, right? Just since I've known him, it's been five years. And here's the thing. What happens if you wake up on a Sunday? See, like me and, and, and my job, if I wake up on a, on a random day of the week that I'm supposed to be at work and I just... You know, your stomach doesn't feel that good, or you, you think you may have a fever, so you automatically tell yourself you have a fever, right? Um, see, when you wake up like that on a Sunday, what are you supposed to do, right? I mean, he's, he still shows up, so trust me, I know there's been days where he's up here, and he's fighting through it, you know, and his flesh is like, man, I don't want to be, but he's fighting through it, you know? So, uh, you know, let's remember that in our, in our spiritual support, you know, of our pastor, so... Um, listen, if you're here for the first time, welcome. Uh, anybody here for the first time? All right, we want to welcome you. Thank you for coming. Hey, do me a favor. If you're next to someone that's here for the first time, um, actually, why don't we all do this? Just turn to the person next to you, right, and just say, uh, come back next week. <laughs> Make sure you let them know, all right? Come back next week, all right? Um, listen, I want to talk, I, I want to look at a couple of people this morning. You, you know, there are people that just, um, they draw a reaction out of you. Like you can't really be neutral towards them, right? <laughs> I didn't even get anywhere yet. <laughs> it, it's, it's either like you, you, you really like them or you really dislike them, and, and you can't put a finger on it, right? So, l- listen, here's a couple of examples that just, just popped into my head. Um, go ahead, throw the first one up there. Y'all may agree or disagree. You know, like, I mean, I remember that moment, and, and looking at Taylor Swift's face, she's like, what do I do? This, this you know, this dude is just crazy. Um, here, here's another one. Oh, a little... A little awkward in that one. See, I don't really personally listen to Gaga, so I don't even know 
much about her music, so I'm not even trying to judge, but you got she draws a reaction out of you, right? Here's one for the younger crowd. Anybody know who this is? Hey, if, you, if you're young and you know who this is, why don't you shout it out so the older people can find out? Nobody knows? He, go, he goes by Lil Pump, okay? This young man, this young man is 17 years old, and he's already worth over $6.5 million. Has zero talent, and performs on stage dressed like a water bottle. <laughs> but I'm not judging you. It's, you know, whatever y'all want. Whatever, whatever you like. All right? Uh, here's one more. I'm, I have zero comment. I'm going to just go to the next slide. The good form, though. All right? So I actually, I, I picked this slide for Pastor Marco because he loves to talk about his shampoo commercial Jesus, right? That, that, that blonde hair, blue-eyed Jesus with a perfect hair. I wish I had a gift with the wind blowing and his hair just flowing. But, um, but this is the one I really want to get into uh, this morning. Um, we can move on from shampoo Jesus. The... Uh, the most controversial person, I believe, okay, the person that really drew a reaction out of people one way or another, people just couldn't be neutral until today, right, is Jesus. If you're, if you're taking notes, if you're like me, I can't start notes until I have a title, right? So we're going to call this the trilemma. A trilemma is a dilemma with three options. I didn't make this up. I ain't that smart. <laughs> so, see, you can talk about God, right? You can have a conversation with someone. You can talk about God. But what happens as soon as you throw Jesus in the conversation? Does it get awkward? Does things change? Right? You can talk about God all day. Our dollar bill says in God we trust. There's no way in the world our dollar bill today will ever say in Jesus we trust. Right? One of the things that bothers me personally is the fact that we don't say Merry Christmas anymore. We're, we're, we're moving on to Happy Holidays, right? It's like, well, wait a minute. But the holiday was due to the person. There would be no Christmas without Christ. So why, you know, so on Thursday, February 14th, right? Did anybody come up to you and say, hey, Happy Holidays? Uh, no, right? Because Thursday, February 14th, um, it was Valentine's Day, and it was named, I don't know the history, I didn't look it up. Uh, I don't really care that much about, you know. <laughs> um, but it was named after St. Valentine, right, who obviously had some sort of love going on in his life, so they thought, let's make a holiday. After. But the point is, we don't take offense in anybody else. We don't say happy holidays for other things, right? But because the word Christ is in Christmas, we're going to move on. So let's explore this uh, person of Jesus um, and the trilemma we're going to be looking at, and I'll unpack this a little bit, is the fact that because of who Jesus was, we're kind of left with three options 
And those options are the fact that either he was Lord, he was a liar, or he was a lunatic. Okay? Um, so let's get into, and here's why. Here's what, these are words that came straight from Jesus' mouth. Okay? <laughs> so here's some, some, some radical statements that came right out of his mouth. Uh, John 10, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. Okay? This is his claim. I give them eternal life. All right? Hold on to that. Let's look at another one. John chapter 4. He's having this conversation. This is the woman at the well. Uh, a lot of us might be familiar with it. And she's t- telling him, uh, I know the Messiah. He's co- I know the Messiah is coming, the one who is called Christ. And when he comes, he will explain everything to us. And Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. Okay? I am the Messiah. I am the one who's been prophesied in the beginning. I am the Savior. Okay? Again, his claim, his words. Right? Here's another one. John 14, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. Okay? I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the only bridge that connects you to heaven. Those are bold statements. Those are bold statements, right? So the trilemma that we're faced with is this. Um, and the trilemma, it's, it's actually a, a concept that was brought up by C.S. Lewis uh, a long time ago. So the trilemma is this, that he has to be Lord, liar, lunatic. Let me take one away that a lot of people go to, is that he can't just be a good moral teacher, right? He can't just be this great prophet or this great moral teacher that walked and had these really great encouraging sayings and, and spoke positivity and, and passed on positive vibes, Right? Because of his claims that we just read. He just says, I give you eternal life. If a, if a person says, I can give you eternal life, they're beyond just, I'm a good teacher. I, you know, I'm, in, I'm an encouraging speaker, right? He says, I am the only way. I am the only way to the Father. That takes away the possibility of him just being, oh, he was just a positive person who did a lot of good things. Right? So, we're faced with these three options. We're, he's Lord, he's liar, or he was a lunatic. And I'm going to start with, a, with the possibility of him being a liar. So, the number one thing I look at, if Jesus was this liar, why? What was his motive? Okay? Why would someone go through all this? Is it popularity? Because last time I checked... Uh, he would preach some messages that there was one point, these, a group of guys, a group of people brought him to the edge of a cliff. And they were like, let's just send him. I'm sick of hearing, let, let's just send him. He wasn't popular. He, wasn't, he, was, he was rubbing people the wrong way, left and right. Right? Was it money? Right? A lot of people today, well, you, people do all kinds of funny, crazy things for money. His, this is a really cool story when it comes to Jesus and money, right? So these uh, uh Tax collectors came to Peter and they said, hey, listen, um, it's time for you guys to pay your, um, your temple dues, right? So, so they said, does, does, does Jesus pay the temple dues? Like, can you go talk to him? So Peter went to talk to him and said, hey, Jesus, um, the IRS is here. They, I mean, you got to pay our taxes, right? 
So Jesus, he's like, oh, he, he checks his, his, you know, his Gucci fanny pack and there was nothing in there. Um, that's what a little pump has. <laughs> so Jesus is like, hey, listen, Peter, here, here's what we're going to do because I don't have any coins on me. Um, I need you to go fishing, okay? Well, I want you to go fishing. The first fish you catch, open his mouth and there's going to be a large silver coin in there, okay? Any fishermen or women in, in, in the house this morning, yeah. all right? If you catch a fish, you're having a good day, right? Depending, like, sometimes you'll be out there for hours and hours, and and you're you're trying to get, you know, not only a fish with a large silver coin in his mouth, right? But here's the thing. Peter went. (laughs) He went. He's like, no, Jesus, they want us to pay taxes. Jesus, uh, go fishing. He went. This is a whole side note right now. Are we... Are we that faithful? When Jesus tells us, no, don't go solve that the ordinary way. Don't go solve that by working overtime and working your butt off, right? And sacrificing everything else that's important, right? Jesus says, no, 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 I will provide. So sure enough, Peter goes, right? Nice tight lines, pulls out a nice striper, opens his mouth, large silver coin in there, pays the temple taxes. Okay? Jesus didn't need money. He can go fishing. He didn't need money. So then there's the key. He, he, how about the miracles? Right? This is a, this is a really cool miracle. And there's a list of miracles, obviously, I can put up here. But there's one miracle. Uh, this dude, Jairus, who, um, who was a, a leader of a local synagogue, uh, he went up to Jesus. He had his 12-year-old daughter uh, who was dying. She was in bed, dying last days. So Jairus did what any good father would do, and he went uh, to desperate measures. So he found Jesus. He fell at his feet and said, Jesus, my, my daughter is dying, and, and I believe you can heal her, you know? So, so Jesus said, well, let's do it. Let's go, right? Um, so they go. They go to Jairus's house, and while they're getting there on their way, this messenger comes and says, um, don't even worry about it. She died, you know, she, the little girl's passed away. Um, and Jesus said, well, if you have faith, she can be well. Okay? Again, just like when Peter went fishing, Jairus said, all right, well, let's keep going then. Right? The messenger says, stop, it's over, it's a wrap. Okay? Just like sometimes in life, we get messengers that, get, that come to us and say, oh, no, this situation is over and done, we'll just accept it. Yeah. But Jesus says, no, 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 if you have faith, I can bring it back to life. Right? So he goes in the house, and everybody's bawling. Everybody's weeping and crying, and, you know, that, that picture that nobody, you know, wants to go in and be a part of. And, and they're all, you know, losing it. The little girl is dead in a separate bedroom. Um, and Jesus comes in and says, um, can you all stop crying? I can't even, I'm trying to, I'm about to do a miracle, but I can't even focus right now. Um, so, so he says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. Right? No, this is crazy. So the same people that were just weeping and like bawling their eyes out, started laughing at him. <laughs> the Bible says they just started laughing at Jesus. How, uh, like, how do you go from one extreme? Like, you just started laughing at him because he said, no, she's not dead. She's just asleep. Okay? 
So here's what Jesus did. He said, come here, just bring the parents, bring my disciples, all y'all crazy, emotional wreck people, stay out here for a minute, okay? I just got to bring the people that have the faith, all right? Y'all stay out here. So he brings them. He brings them in the room, okay? He touches her, her hand and says, child, get up. Her spirit came back. Her spirit came back, and she shot up at once. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now listen. You ever think about the person that was, in this case, a little girl that was dead, right? Because there's a couple of these stories that people come back. So her spirit had left, right? So she's up in heaven right now. Right? So check, so she's up in heaven. She's like sitting down with like Mary and Martha and, and Ruth and she's having like ice cream with them and they're watching like this amazing worship concert with all the angels like exalting and worshiping God and, and like they're killing on a harp and, and she's like having this great time, right? And, um, and then the, one of the messenger angels shows up and he's like, um, Mary, the, uh, the little girl, she, she's being called back, right? She, they were like, what do you mean? She, she's here. She, she's with us. You know, like she's in heaven. This is eternal. You, you, didn't, you didn't know that? So they're like, the angel's like, no, no, I, I get it. But we, we just got a call. She, she's being called back, right? Poor kid. <laughs> she's like, I got to go back. I got to go back to all them crazy, emotional, wrecked people. Like, I'm here, <laughs> you know? No, she's being called back. And then she's like, oh, all right, let me clean up. Let me, do the, let me clean the ice cream. And, do it. and then Martha was like, no, this is heaven. You don't have to do the dishes. You don't have to clean up. She, Martha's like, I've been cleaning all my life. Like, you can leave that. It's, it's heaven now. That's a little Martha joke for anybody that knows, you know. Um, so here's the, the, the take out of this. If I go to her parents, if I go to that little girl's parents and say, hey, listen, do you think Jesus was a liar? They just witnessed their little 12-year-old girl come back to life. If I asked them, do you think Jesus was a liar? I can't buy that, right? So maybe the next thing is, maybe he wasn't lying. Maybe he was a lunatic. Maybe he actually thought what he was saying was true. And in his mind, he believed it, even though it wasn't. That would make him to be a lunatic, Right? Listen to what they were saying. It said, because of what he said, the Jews did not agree in their thinking. Many of them said, he has a demon, or he's demon-possessed, and he's crazy. Why listen to him? So people were thinking that, like, no, this dude is out of his mind, right? He's demon-possessed. This is not Jesus the Christ who he claims to be. This is the Antichrist trying to deceive us, okay? So... Here's a few points that I took out. And again, there's a, a whole list of points we can make. But here's a few points I took out is, look at his disciples. If you have, if you have people that spend a lot of time with you, they get to know who you truly are. Right? You, he had this crew that was with him all the time. They got to see him, you know, in all of his moments. They, they ate with him. They took journeys with him. They were, you know, they were with him when nobody else was. You know, you get, like, you know, it's like when you kind of get to know somebody and you're starting to hang out more and more, and then the more time you spend, you know, and sometimes you're like, man, this, 
I got I to gotta back up a bit. This dude, he goes to extremes and he starts acting crazy out of nowhere, right? Um, his disciples would have known. They would have picked up on it with all that time. So much so, here's how willing they were to go and, and believe and follow Jesus. Not only did they live their lives for, them, for him, they died for him, right? If you go through the list of his disciples, we're talking about disciples that were crucified. We're talking about disciples that were stoned to death, right? Were killed by the sword. One of them was killed by arrows. Why would you do that for a lunatic? You had to buy in. You had to believe 100%. Your conviction had to be 100% for you to go to that extreme with this Jesus, right? And then he goes to his teachings. His teachings were revolutionary until today, right? Until today. Let me get, look, I, I, I pulled out a list. These are a list of quotes that came from Jesus that might sound familiar to you today. Listen to this one. Go the extra mile. That came from Matthew chapter 5, verse 40. Do unto others as you want done unto you. We all know the golden rule. That's from Matthew uh, chapter 7, verse 12. The blind leading the blind, Luke 6, 39. Practice what you preach, Matthew 23, verse 3. Live by the sword, die by the sword, Matthew 26, 52. Okay? Um, these are quotes that came from him that are still being used today. Are you telling me a lunatic, a lunatic was that sound in his mind, right, to come up with these things? And, and here's reality. There are books and books and books out there for corporations, for businesses, all different areas where they still use biblical principles, right, in order to encourage, in order to help people. They may not give credit to the source, but they are using biblicals that are drawn strictly from the Bible. If you pay attention, you go to some of your work meetings, I bet you there are principles that are being talked about in your work meetings that are coming from Scripture, right? And this is coming from a lunatic? And then we go back to the miracles again. And again, this goes back because it was just over and over and over again, and you couldn't explain it. So there was a... Um, Oh, when he, after Jairus talked to him, and he was on his way to go see that 12-year-old girl, right? Uh, they were traveling together, and then they came across this, this huge crowd of people. They were, like, they were having, like, a parade or something. There were duck boats, and there was confetti everywhere. Uh, Jesus wasn't sure what was going on, um, but he, he liked it. But he was going through this, this commotion of people, and um, he felt someone touch him. There was this woman. Right? There was this woman who had this, this, this bleeding, this continuous bleeding. Um, for years and years and years, I want to say it's 23 years, but I, I don't quote me. But she had this bleeding, and it says that she tried everything. She went to this physician and that physician, right? She went to all the experts, and nothing, nothing was helping her. So she got to her desperate moment, and she says, I'm going to go to this miracle worker that I keep hearing about. Right? So she goes to Jesus, and she, she didn't have time to talk to him, to have him pray over her because of the crowd, and all she did was just touched. Right? The Bible says she, she touched the fringe of his robe, just the edge. Right? And what happened when she touched? This is what Jesus says, someone touched me. So right there, they're like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We're in the middle of a parade. Like, there's people touching you everywhere. He says, no, 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 someone touched me. 
because I know that power has just gone from me. Okay? Now, just from there, you could say that he was crazy. Like, what are you talking about? Someone touched you and power left you? Like, what are you? Right? But here's the kicker. She got healed. How, how can he possibly be a lunatic? Right? How can that possibly be an explanation? So that leaves us with the third option in the trilemma is that he is Lord. Right? Could it be that Jesus really is who he claims to be? Now look at his claims. Again, these are read for a reason. This came straight from his mouth. Right? These are his claims. He says, I am the Messiah. I'm the Savior. I'm the bread of life. I'm the light of the world. I'm the great I am. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the only bridge. Remember that? I am the teacher and Lord. I am God. Okay? So, if that is the case, where does that leave us? Right? If that is the case... And we're not looking at the other two, but we're looking at this option. No, no, no. He is Lord. No, I, I, I've checked it out, and, and yeah. there's no way he would fit anything else. He's got to be who he said he was. If that is the case, what does that mean for us now? Right? What does that mean? Here's a great quote. Uh, S.M. Zwemer, no clue who he is, said, Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. Unless Jesus is Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. And then it gets real because now Jesus can back that up because he knows everything about us, right? So then this is Jesus now, you know, talking to some of the people around him. And he says, listen, why do you call me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Okay? So here's the thing. Maybe you're sitting here and we're, we're like, oh, no, come on, man. He's not a liar. Everybody knows Jesus wasn't no lunatic. So if he is Lord, right, if we're saying, Lord, Lord, are we living according to his words? Are we living according to his ways, right? Um, and, we can, and we can break that down. And these are just some areas that I, I think are applicable to us, um, We can break that down and, and, and say, Lord, do you have full authority? See, to be Lord means to have full authority, to reign over, uh, or to be a leader of, okay? There's a, a word that's more common to, to our uh, language today. Do you have full lead in everything in my life? You know, do you have full lead over my thoughts? Listen, let's be honest, right? Thoughts come and go. Right? There are thoughts that come and they hit you and you're like, I don't even know where that just came from. Right? But when he's Lord over your mind and he's Lord over your thoughts, right, you can then know, all right, but this isn't a thought from him. This isn't a thought I should be dwelling on. Right? Is he Lord over my career? You know? Uh, as a person that was born in a different country, we know the United States as the land of opportunity, yeah. right? But that opportunity can drive you to become a different person, 
you know? Are we just chasing the career where you just want the next status? You just want to climb up and climb up and climb up. And that's what drives your life. And that becomes who you are, right? Regardless of everything else around you. Um, so is he Lord of your career? You know, even, even with job choices. Pastor Marcos says it all the time. A good job doesn't necessarily mean it's a God job, right? Um, we hear stories all the time that a, a, a good job that... You know, shows up, next thing you know, it takes someone completely away from church, completely away uh, from being with God, you know, and your career takes over. Um, and with career goes with finances. We know money is a resource. There's nothing wrong with the resource, right? But again, it's when it drives you and when your decisions, right, in your actions and your everyday life, really, uh, is driven through the lens of finances, right? If it's driven through the lens of finances and that is one of or the main decision maker, right, or the main factor in making decisions, you're the Lord over it. You're, you got the full lead over it, you know? It's funny because you hear things like you'll have parents that say, oh, my child is going through so much. I've tried everything. My child, you know, I, I can't do it anymore. Lord, take them. Take them. They're yours, Lord. You know, you do your thing. I surrender them fully to you. You have full control over my child. Right? And then that same person be like, but not my wallet. Like, like, wait a minute. Your child or your children, you can surrender to God fully and say, God, you are Lord over them. But not my paycheck. You know? My home. Listen, I can tell you right now, personally speaking, there's no way... There's no way I would be in the relationship that I am, in, in the father that I am, in the husband that I am, in, in the son that I am. There's no way I would be that person without surrendering to God. If, if Jesus wasn't Lord over my life, you know. And I say that because sometimes I'll reflect back in some of my old relationships, the way I used to deal and the way I even was and my, my, my mentality towards women. And I'm like, God, man, you really, you did something here, you know? So your home, your home, God has to be Lord over your home. He has to have full lead in everything that goes on in your home. And your goals, We're so, goals are great. I think it's great to set goals and to work towards something. It drives us to be better people. It drives us to stri strive and work harder, right? But our number one goal, I believe, should be, how do I get closer to him? Our number one goal should be, how do I get closer? How do I align myself with his plan, right? Because once you're in his plan, he sets everything up, and he gives you the strength and the wisdom and the knowledge and the anointing to fulfill the other goals that you have in place. And then my pleasures. Listen. A lot of people that you talk to, I, I, I'll put myself in this court, my before Christ category. There's the, the mindset is that, oh, if, but if I start going to church and, and if I become this, this religious person, I have no more fun. Right? There, there, goes, there goes my life. Like, I, I get to pray, I have to kneel, I have to read, and, and like, that, there goes my life. You know? Like, it's such, it's, it, it, it's such a, a, a barrier to people. You know, it really is, specifically younger people. You know, 
They, they don't want, there's the apple, travel with me here, the apple that's being, you know, put in front of them looks a lot tastier, right? From the outside, that shiny apple looks a lot better, right? Than what's actually inside, the fruit that's actually inside, right? So we're deceived and we're held back by pleasures, you know? So you got to, this is a part, you got to be honest with yourself and you got to say, listen, have I surrendered my pleasures? Have I, or am I still selfish in that area? Am, have I surrendered my pleasures? You know, have I found a way to have joy, have joy in Christ, have joy and not, you know, regret it. To have fun and to be able to go out and enjoy myself and not regret it or not damage myself or my relationships, right? Um, so I, I, that's a, I think that's a big one that, um, that we do struggle with. And I, and I can tell you right now, if you haven't found a, a way to have fun within new life, all right, with some new life people, um, you need to fast. <laughs> And let me end with this one. Let me go to this is this is the this is the ultimate kicker right here, right? So I didn't even bring up this argument in, in the whole thing because to me this is just a deal breaker, right? Is the fact that he went all the way to crucifixion for us, okay? He did not hold back at any point, regardless of who followed or who didn't follow. Regardless of who wanted to throw him off a cliff or who called him Lord and Lord and behind their back, they dogged him and they didn't believe a word he said. He didn't stop. He didn't hesitate for any of them. You know, the, the, the grand finale here is this, is that the fact that there is a consequence to sin, right? Just like anything in the natural world, if you do something wrong, there's a consequence, right? So there's a consequence to sin. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. So here's what Jesus said, I love you so much, okay, here's the motive, here's the ultimate motive, I love you so much, I have this unconditional love for you that I don't want to see you pay for your mistakes. It's just like a parent, when you see a child and, you know, like they do something wrong and they're about to get in trouble, it's a parent that goes over and, and, and kind of bails them out, Right? He's like, yeah, you made your mistake, but we're going to help you learn. You know, let me, I'm going to help you learn. And I'll take the hit on this one. Right? So Jesus says, no, I, I will. I'll, I'll pay the price. And I'll do it out of love. So he was beaten. He was abused. Right? I mean, I was, in my mind, I was going to break down the whole crucifixion. As I was going through it, man, it, it, it hit me. And I'm not going to do it for the sake of time, but it hit me as, as I try to study more about the crucifixion. And not even just in Jesus, but historical times, what the crucifixion meant. You know, uh, one thing I read is that they worked on making it so that the death was slower. Yeah. Right? At first, you know, it was just, all right, let's crucify him. Let's do it publicly. Everybody sees it. Then they work on the torture method of it. And they wanted to make it so the death was even slower. So that the person could suffer more through the crucifixion process. Okay? So he did that. And then he overcame everything. All right? Now here's, now here's where the good news comes. Then he overcame everything. 
This is where Jesus sets himself aside from any other prophet, okay? From any other religious teacher, from any other great human being who might have done great acts of service in humanity, right? This is where he sets himself aside from everything because he prophesied, he foretold this was going to happen, but he says, listen, I'm going to prove that I am God because words don't only go a certain much. You all be following me and you still don't believe it, but I'm going to prove it because I'm going to overcome death in front of your eyes. Come on, man. He says, I'm going to overcome death in front of your eyes. Listen to me. So Mary, right? So, so these two women, they went to Jesus' tomb on a Sunday morning, and they had prepared uh, uh, some, some lotions and some stuff to take care of the body, and they showed up, and the tomb was rolled over to the side, and they saw an angel standing there, and the angel said, oh, are you looking for Jesus the Nazareth? Because he ain't here. You're looking for the living amongst the dead. He ain't here. You must be looking for someone that you thought was a liar or a lunatic, but Jesus wasn't any of that. He was Lord. He said, listen, the angel said, listen. He has risen. He has overcome death. He has done this because of his love for us. So here's what I want you to do, the angel said. I want you to go out in the world. Go tell the disciples. Go tell everybody that Jesus is Lord. That he is who he said he was. Right? Go tell everybody. Have them surrender their lives to his lordship. Because all of this is in vain if the people aren't willing to receive it. If the people aren't willing to fully surrender. Listen, we got some people, and and this, it, it gets real, and you can talk. Words aren't enough. There are people in this house that can say, you know what? No, when I did surrender, I, I was this bitter person. I had a lot of bitterness and I had a lot of anger in me, right? And I went through life a certain way. But then I said, Lord, you are complete Lord of my life. You have full reign over my life, right? And he's the Jesus that can turn that bitterness into love, right? We have people that were in bondage and, and, and caught up in drugs and addiction and everything they did, they were just chasing the next high and they didn't know how to live life any other way. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you this, ever, this, this eternal water, this fountain of water inside you that's going to just set you free, set you apart, and you'll be able to move on from the bondage of addiction, right? There are people, listen, there are people that couldn't have a relationship trustworthy, okay? There are people that couldn't have, you couldn't commit yourself to someone because you've always seen it growing up that commitment is not really all that it's hyped up to be. So you went from this to that to this and you bounced around back and forth and you were never able to commit until you realized that Jesus committed himself all the way for you, right? And then when you fully surrender, now you're a person of faithfulness, right? I mean, the list, the list goes on and on. There's so many, and, and then there's the people that have been just in pain and suffering and depression and agony has just taken over, right? And Jesus says, no, but my joy is different. My joy doesn't depend on natural circumstances. My joy comes from a reality that, that starts in the inside. It transforms you. There are people that have learned that we can't do things our own way. And, and the more we try to do and the more we depend on ourselves, and the more we put on this, I'm, I got this attitude, the more we go backwards, right? So we have learned to be humble. We have learned to be humble. We have learned to surrender that to God and say, no, no, no. 
I can't keep doing it. No, I'm going to have you do it. Listen, the resurrection brings all of that. The resurrection brings all of that. And the ultimate thing is the forgiveness of all of our sins. When he died, when he died as a perfect human being, right? Jesus was sinless. At one point he was talking to a group of people and he says they were trying to push him and find the, the, an end to, to disclaiming me. He said, listen, who can convict me of sin? He poured himself out there and said, who can convict me of sin? So he lived a perfect life and died so that we can now move on, right? So we can have this thing, this salvation and move on. And this is where it all starts. And for some of us, that means understanding there is no condemnation, right? There is no, like, no, forgiveness means you're, you're set free. Don't hold on to the past. Don't hold on to, but man, that mistake though, but with the people that I hurt, right? Those actions just don't go away. We talked to a, a man in prison not long ago, and he said, but listen, but when I put my head down on my pillow at the end of the night, it doesn't go away. The images don't go away, you know? That, there's no psychologist out in this world. There's no therapist that you can sit down with that's capable of ripping that away from a person, all right? That is the deliverance. That is the deliverance that we only have through Christ. Here's what I want to just, just close us with. You know, my whole, my whole point in this, and, I, and I, I hope you got it, is this. It goes back to that, that verse that I read earlier when Jesus says, I know you say, Lord, Lord, I hear you, right? But then when I look at you, it tells me something different. I want us to understand the conviction of who Jesus really is. Right? And it's worth everything. It's worth everything. Every area. Full surrender. Thanks for joining us today. If you want to connect with us, you can find us at newlifesouthcoast.com for any further information.